On this episode of Inside Boxing Live, we preview a loaded weekend of fights headlined by David Benavidez versus David Lemieux. We talk to David Benavidez. He wants Canelo. He wants Jamal Charlo. He wants it all. Let's break it down. Inside Boxing Live coming up next. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Inside Boxing Live, presented by John Boy Media. I'm here in the power chair, main studio. Got my guy BBD with me. Not a boxing guy, boxing, boxing dude. No, he is sitting in and producing for me, and I appreciate that very much. A fun weekend coming up. Not a lot of huge fights, but a lot of fun fights. I'm taking a little bit of a breather, considering what we've had for the last six months or six weeks, and we got coming up for the next six weeks but some good fights nonetheless biggest fight of the weekend obviously david benavidez uh taking on uh david lemieux over on showtime you'll hear from david benavidez uh on this show called up with him uh earlier this week and he's ready you know one of the better interviews in boxing and a guy that is knocking on the door of big fights uh whether it's canelo alvarez whether it's jamal charlo he wants all the smoke uh and we'll break that fight down in, in a little bit. Also, uh, upcoming this uh, weekend, we got fights on ESPN as well. Uh, Janabek Alim Hanola, which is probably the toughest name I've had to pronounce uh, in my days as a boxing broadcaster, but he is an up and coming guy of 160. He's facing Danny Dignam in the main event. Co main sees Jermel Herring versus Jermaine Ortiz. Uh, that is an interesting fight. Then over on the zone, afternoon show to lead us into the night, Joshua Buatzi a former Olympian, a lightweight, light heavyweight contender, taking on Craig Richards, who went the distance with Bivol. Also have some picks, too. We have a fun new segment uh, sponsored by DraftKings, same-day parlays. Uh, so I hope to make you some money. If I don't win, I hope to get ridiculed on Twitter. Uh, you know how that goes. Uh, but before we get into the fight breakdowns and the David Benavidez interview, let's take a look at some news and notes. And probably the biggest story to come through the boxing pipeline just happened over the last 24 hours, and that is what's going on with Devin Haney and his father, Bill Haney. Bill Haney denied a travel visa to Australia. I posted a picture on Twitter that's making the rounds rough. It's rough. And if you follow Devin Haney, you know how close he is to his father. Uh, it's his, he, He's his best friend. Uh, it's his lead trainer, which is you know what's most important here. Uh, but he was not allowed to get on the flight. They were both got to the airport to head to Australia to fight George Camposo's biggest fight of the Haney family's uh, life, uh, biggest moment of their life. And Bill Haney was not allowed to get on the flight because of a, a arrest that stems back to 1992. It's a little shocking to, you know, that they didn't have the, their bases covered or, or they didn't know how Australia was going to rule on this. But as of now, Bill Haney cannot make the trip. I know they're going to try very hard. I know Top Rank is working very hard on this. I know DeBella Entertainment is working hard on this to get Bill Haney over to Australia. But Devin has touched down uh, in Melbourne, and uh, he's going to be without Bill Haney, his lead trainer, out without Ben Davison. Also, too, obviously, with everything that's going on with MTK and their ties to Daniel Kinahan. Uh, so his trainer right now is UL Judah, Zab Judah's father. Um which is a great guy, great trainer. I mean, he trained Zab Judah and got him to, uh, you know, become a world uh, titleist many, many years ago. Also trained Shannon Briggs. But this is a developing story. It's going to continue uh, to develop. I, I'm sure Bill Haney's doing everything he can 
to get on uh, that flight and head over to Australia to be with his son. But that picture uh, was gut wrenching. Uh, <laughs> someone that has a close relationship, you know, I have a close relationship with my dad and, and I would want him there for the biggest moment of my life, uh, especially when I was 23 years old. And we know the story with, with Devin Haney at this point. You know, the odds are stacked against Devin Haney. He's fighting in Australia. Uh, I won't get into the pay cuts because he's still making a lot of money in this fight. But now uh, he's going to be in George Cambosa's backyard. He's going to be without his lead trainer. If he wins the fight, he has to fight him again in a rematch, which will make even more uh, money in, too. I know it's tough to uh, complain about that, but these guys are human. And to get on that plane and fly across the world and not have his lead trainer, just erase the fact that he doesn't have his dad with him, and they're very close. But how about fighting your the biggest fight of your career for all the belts and not having your lead trainer with you? I know he's got his whole team with him there, but come on. That's that's a tough, tough assignment. So uh, I hope this all works out. I hope that Bill Haney can get on that flight. But that's one of the bigger stories that's going on in boxing uh, right now. Another one, too, is DeZone has come to a long-term agreement with Golden Boy. This was almost like inevitable. Uh, but it also comes hand-in-hand with a pretty awful fight that was just announced. Jaime Munguia is scheduled to fight Jimmy Kelly. Jimmy Kelly. And that's uh, June 11th. Chris Mannix reported that Shane Mosley Jr. was supposed to get the assignment for Jaime Munguia. Still not a great fight for, for, for Munguia, but better than, than Jimmy Kelly. But uh, Shane Mosley Jr. pulled out of that fight. Uh, Kelly, we don't know much about him, but he scored a majority decision win over Kanat Islam just back in February. Has only four fights since 2018. One of them was a loss to Dennis Hogan. So that says a lot about who... who Jimmy Kelly is, but this is a strange, strange development for Jaime Munguia. One of the strangest career arcs that I can remember in the world of boxing. A guy that was, remember when he was penciled in to fight Golovkin, when Golovkin was looking for a replacement uh, when Canelo popped for Clembruderol, and they brought up Jaime Munguia. And the commission said, no, this is a mismatch. Jaime Munguia does, it won't have enough for Golovkin. So what does Jaime Munguia do? He fights Saddam Ali, wins a title at 154. Beats Liam Smith. Look at Liam Smith has gone on to do. That win has looked a lot better. You know, beat Toriano Johnson, moves up to, to, to middleweight. But then now is being handled like a prospect. <laughs> I've never seen this. Like, guy from prospect to world titleist, back down to be treated like a prospect. We know that it's not just Oscar's fault, too. That's a common misconception with Munguia's career and why it's so puzzling. He has a lot of promoters. There's a lot of cooks in the kitchen uh, when it comes to guys handling or people handling Jaime Munguia's career. Want to see him fight Jamal Charlo. Want to see him fight uh, a Triple G or some of the big hitters at 160. You know, the, the, his last fight was, was, a, was a good fight against Gabe Rosado. I thought he looked great in that fight. That's the thing. He's ready for these, these fights. But Golden Boy and, and his other promoter, Zanford Promotions, I believe it is. I, I could be wrong on that. But he, I know he has more than just one promoter. And, geez, it's, it's been tough sledding for Jaime Munguia. It's hard to defend uh, some of the names that he has followed over the last couple of years and how his career is going. 39-0, and 0, 25 years old. You know, they were talking about him and his, his trainer, Eric Morales, and let's figure out, let's give them time to gel. It's like been five, six fights. You know, it's time for Jaime Munguia to fight someone in the top 10, it's time for Jaime Munguia to take, take the training wheels off the guy and give him uh, some really good assignments. On the other side of things, we're going to break down the fights this weekend. Some pretty good fights. I'll give you my picks as well. All right, my friends, the biggest fight of the weekend comes to you on Showtime. David Benavidez back in the ring. 
two-time champion despite being undefeated. Only 25 years old, too. We're going to hear from him in a little bit on this show. He's fighting David Lemieux. Uh, not the fight we all want to see for David Benavidez, but a dangerous fight because the last thing to go on a fighter, an aging fighter, is power. And David Lemieux, kind of a one-trick pony, has really good power, but Benavidez is just too much to handle. We're talking about boxing's most accurate puncher, landing 38.1% of his punches. He lands 46% of his power shots. That's number five in all of boxing. Lands close to 26 punches per round. Number four in boxing. Lands 7.8 jabs per round. That's number seven in boxing. We're talking about a guy that can light up the offensive numbers for us, especially us at, at CompuBox, but a guy that we want to see fight better opposition, just like we were just talking about Jaime Munguia. The same thing applies to David Benavidez. A lot of it has been his own fault, you know, testing positive for cocaine or losing his uh, belt on the scales. You know, he should have fought Canelo already. It's funny how that all works out, you know. He gets stripped of his 168-pound title. Canelo decides to go on a run at 168, and it doesn't include David Benavidez. But the biggest winner of Canelo Alvarez losing to Dimitri Bivol is guys like David Benavides, guys like Jamal Charlo, who campaigned at 168. Excuse me, Charlo doesn't yet, but he will. Guys like David Benavides, who are ranked number one, uh, the consensus number one contender at 168, is David Benavides. So could he get a Canelo Alvarez in the next year, 18 months? I believe so. Does he want that fight? Yes. Does he want fights with Jamal Charlo? Absolutely. But it's time to give him that. And it's time to... Uh, Step on the gas if you're Samson Lefkowitz and you're uh, the PBC who are behind David Benavidez big time. David Lemieux, obviously, we you know 34 years old, been around the block for a while, fought Triple G, has fought some big names. Uh, I don't know how he gets into this uh, fight. I don't know how he gets this ranking. It's a story for a, a whole other day. Uh, I feel like the organizations right now are under fire. Uh, I love Andre Ward putting, you know, putting a lot of pressure on these organizations, the WBO, WBC, the IBF and the ridiculous sanctioning fees, the ridiculous rankings. David Lemieux being, you know, a number two in the WBC is absurd, but it is what it is. That's the name of the game of boxing. But I expect David Benavidez to win this fight, and I expect him to win it in the second half of the fight. Uh, that's over on Showtime. That should be a fun one. Janabek Alim Hanola. That is a tongue twister. He's fighting in the main event over on ESPN versus Danny Dignam. Now, Janabek is from Kazakhstan. His hero is Gennady Golovkin, and he has a similar path that Gennady Golovkin had as well, being an amateur, uh, accumulating over 300 amateur fights, winning most of them. I would say 99% of those amateur fights. But he has done a great job of transitioning from the amateur game to the pro game because it's two different things. Sitting down your punches, not moving as much, scoring knockouts. You gotta, you can't just go in there pitter pat punches in the pros. You gotta be aggressive, and you have to throw the harder, cleaner punches. And he's done that over his last five fights. Five, he's riding a five fight KO streak. Two of those names: Rob Brandt and Nassam Endam. Two guys that are long in the tooth, but still good names for Janabek. His numbers don't jump off the page at you. You know his volume, his accuracy, his power rate. All near the middleweight average, but he has elite defense. Opponents land just 5.1 punches per round, 70% less than the middleweight average. Uh, I talked about the experience, uh, so I expect Janabek to do a lot of good things in, in the ring and, and kind of like be his coming out party. A guy that was linked to Demetrius Andrade, a guy that was linked to a lot of guys at 160. He's in a good spot because if you take a look at 160 right now, pretty barren. 
I know there are three of the of the champions currently are talking about fighting in different weight classes. You know, Golovkin's about to fight Canelo sometime in the fall. He has two of the belts. Jamal Charlo has the other, and he's talking about going up uh, to 168 as well. So, and Demetrius Andrade, of course, the other belt holder at 160 is supposed to fight Janabek, but he went up to 168. People say he's avoiding Janabek. That's why Andre went up to 168. So he's playing the mandatory game, just like we're seeing Boots uh, play, because no one wants to fight this guy. He's got really no name uh, recognition at all, and he's dangerous. (laughs) He's a really good fighter. As for Danny Diggum, um, cool name. It's like a porn star name. Uh, 60% of his thrown punches are jabs. Uh, He's a jab uh, first guy. He's a mover in there. I expect Janabek to find him late and get that sixth consecutive KO. Co-main event, I like this fight a lot. Jamel Herring, friend of the show, friend of everyone in boxing, fighting Jermaine Ortiz. This is your classic older vet coming off of a loss versus a young, hungry fighter looking to get a name on his resume. We've seen this play out so many times in the boxing world. But is Jermaine Ortiz biting off more than he could chew? Jamel Herring is a pro's pro. He's been in the game for a long time. Interesting wrinkle in this fight is that Jamel Herring is coming down to 130. His last couple of fights have been at 135. Oh, excuse me. That's true. He's coming down to 130 for this one. That's, I'm right there. Just correct myself on the fly. Jermaine Ortiz, he's one fight removed from that eight-round classic he had with Joseph Adorno. That was a majority draw. That was a war. Um, Ortiz is nicknamed the technician, but he'd better... Be better suited in this fight being the aggressor, uh, I think. But uh, Herring's the underdog in this fight, which is insane. Uh, you know, he's got experience, uh, advantages and experience, Herring. Height, reach. Uh, I think he has the power um, advantage as well. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if Herring won. And uh, you can win some some serious money on this one because he's the underdog in that one. That's what's going on over on ESPN. Of course, the zone. Uh, leading off the day, if you're in the States, uh, like most people that listen to this, you'll be able to watch this at like 3.30 in the afternoon on Saturday. Joshua Buatzi versus Craig Richards. Oof. Um, Craig Richards took Bivol the distance. Um, good fighter, tricky fighter. Buatzi has a lot of power, former Olympian, a guy that wants to get into the mix at light heavyweight, a guy that wants to face the Bivols, the Zerto Ramirez's of the world, um, the Better Biebs, the Joe Smiths. Light heavyweight's awesome division. Boazzi wants to get his name in there. Not a lot of fans know who he is. If you're over in the UK, you know who Joshua Boazzi is. Craig Richards should give him rounds. That's over on the zone. Alan Babick is also fighting on the zone, one of the more exciting heavyweights. Um, so that is the weekend at a glance. Not the most exciting weekend. Not the biggest fights. Fun fights. Give us a little bit of a breather until we get to next weekend with Tank and Roley. We get into Haney, Cambosos. Uh, you know, Fulton and Roman, Inouye and Donaire. I can go on and on and on about what's upcoming in the next couple of weeks. What I can go on and on about is our new partner of the show, DraftKings Sportsbook. You want to slide into stacks of cash this baseball season? We'll do it with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. New customers can bet just $5 on any team and and win and get $150 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. That sounds pretty good to me. Uh, looking to turn a small bet into a big payday this MLB season? Well, DraftKings same-day parlays, you can do just that. I will give you some same-game parlays on the other side of this David Benavidez uh, interview. You can create your own parlay by combining multiple bets. I think you guys know how parlays work. It gets you bigger payouts, and they're a lot more fun when you do parlays. Uh, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash 
whenever you want. So go ahead, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code IBL. How cool is that? Bet just $5, get $150 in free bets no matter what happens on the field. That's promo code IBL. DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Let's throw it over to our interview with David Benavidez on the other side. I'll give you my picks. My same game parlay, my same day parlay coming up after this conversation with our friend, David Benavidez. All right, being joined right now by David Benavidez. Big fight on Saturday night against David Lemieux. David Benavidez, also known as the most accurate puncher in boxing, landing 38% of his shots. Did you know that number, David? Yeah, um... My last fights have actually been landing a little bit uh, more. I think it's been like around 40, something like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, I'm pretty aware of how accurate the punches are. Um, I mean, I think that's what, what makes me uh, so special about all my fights. That I'm not the hardest-hitting guy. You know, I'm not the hardest-hitting fighter, but I really do make every every punch of my of, that I throw count. You know, and I typically, typically till the end of the fight, you know, I end up breaking the guy down because of so much punches I've landed on. Yeah, I would say you're an accumulator. You know, it's not a, yeah. any, a derogatory term by any means, but you are a guy that systematically breaks fighters down. I've seen it time after time, overwhelming them. You throw a lot of punches, 68 around, land a lot of punches, 26 around. Those are all top five in the division. Um, one thing I've noticed from you that that I think is being is going unnoticed is the improvement on defense. You know, over your last five fights, you're only getting hit with 22%. Compare that to the previous five, you were getting hit with 32%. How much of an emphasis has it been for you and the team working on not getting hit? Yeah, I mean, we've been working on, on a lot of defense, um, especially the better we get, the better quality fighters we fight. So I think it's just as a better idea for me in the longevity of my career to try to focus a little bit more on defense. And that's exactly what I've been doing. You want to be here for a long time, right? People for another thing people don't really understand with you is that how old are you now? 24? 25. <laughs> 25 years old. You've been in this game for such a long time. Been on the biggest stage for going on four or five years now. It, people look at you as like a vet when, I mean, you are, but you're also 25 years old. That's just completely nuts to me, even when I know that fact. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a lot of hard work. Even even for me, sometimes I forget I'm 25, but <laughs> I've been professional almost. Next, this is my ninth year. Next year is going to be a decade professional. Wow. You know, I've been boxing for 22 years, so it's basically been my whole life. But yeah. I feel like I haven't really accomplished what I really want to accomplish. And But after this fight, I feel like the the the, the chapter that I want to be in, at mm-hmm. in my career, I'm finally in. You know, what is that? Part, what, like, what, what is your goal? Like we say you don't want to, you want to, you haven't accomplished what you want to accomplish. What is that uh, goal? I want to, I want to win more world titles. You know, like I said, this is going to be for another belt, but now I've won the WBC. Now I want to win the WBA, the IBF, WBO. <laughs> and I feel like after this fight, I could get those fights with, you know, uh, Jamel Charlo, Caleb yeah. Plant, yeah. maybe uh, Canelo Alvarez in the future. So I feel like I'm, I'm getting closer to the, to the main goal in mm-hmm. my but like I'm coming to into the second half of my career. Nice. You know, I have a lot of experience now. You know, I fought. I have a lot of fights. Uh, I've won the belt twice. So now it's just coming into the second half and actually uh, and just um, keep working, keep working yeah. hard. Yeah. Are you sure you want to win all the belts? Because if you, when you do that, you got to pay some pretty hefty sanctioning fees. That is a big story that's going on in the boxing world right now. It's like, yeah, we watched Jamel Charlo 
uh, fight um, Castaño, but they got uh, taxed or whatever you want to call it, 12% uh, because of the 3% for all four belts. I mean, that's absurd. Uh, you've been a champion for you had to pay these sanctioning fees. What do you think about sanctioning fees? And do you just can't stand sending them that money? Yeah, I mean it sucks, but at the end of the day, you gotta pay the you gotta pay the price to be the champion. Even if you're not even the champion, you still have to pay for it. When you fight for the title or the title eliminators, they still take the three away. Even the losers, you know, even the far champion, they have to pay their percentage. But that's just something that's just, just a solution. Do you think there's no. a way to get around it? Do you think there's a way, like, fighter? I, the only way I think is that fighters need to come together and say, let's make our own belt and where we don't have to pay that. I feel like that would just be trying to be in a little bit too too spoiled. I mean, you look at boxers. Boxers get paid good. I mean, we're not like the UFC where these dudes aren't getting paid shit. So <laughs> we got to take the W when we have it now. Yeah, I understand. The more belts you win, the bigger fights you make. The, it's like more money, more problems. Like you gotta, you're making more money. You're you're in bigger fights. You know, there's kickbacks involved. I mean, it, exactly, I think it became go ahead. Exactly what it is, and that's not even that's only one half of it. The other half is the IRS. So, <laughs> Uncle Sam has been around forever. We ain't getting rid of Uncle Sam, no matter what what we try to do. Yeah. that's wild man yeah that's like the big story it's like obviously that's a big story but it was just like wow like the day of the fight boxing boxing scene tweeted something like that they have to pay all these sanction fees like boxing fans knew that but to see it like a you know an undisputed fight when you got all of them involved all the guys in the ring all the, holding up all the belts like you know their pockets are getting lined too but that's an interesting fact in that what do you think <laughs> david lemieux brings to the table uh in in your opinion at this stage in his career so my opinion, I've prepared very well for this fight. I've been training for almost four months, actually almost five months. You know, I know this is a big fight for my career. And after this, a lot of big things come. And I, I know David Lemieux is very motivated, too, because I feel like this is probably the last chance he'll ever have a, at a title mm -hmm. again. So I'm sure he's working hard. And for fighters like him, the last thing to go is the power. He's known as a power puncher. So he's not really that old. I think he's like 31 <laughs> or 30. I think he's 34, but like, yeah, not, not old by any means. But I mean, it's not extremely old, but he's been around for a long time. He has a lot of experience. Yeah. But he has that book. I feel like, you know, um, he's really motivated for this fight. So I train like if I, I'm going up against the best David Lemieux ever. Yeah. You know, I've worked extremely hard. The rounds have been sparred. The miles have been ran. Everything is done. It's perfect. I just hit 168 right now. Nice. I'm not even worried about the weight. Now everything is – I'm just ready to perform on Saturday, and it's going to be a great – Now it's just interview after interview. But I feel like you like doing media. Like, you've always been good to me. You've always been good to media. Like, do you enjoy doing interviews? Because you're a good interview. I mean, to be honest, I don't have a problem with them. I'm, I'm not – I don't really – I mean, I do enjoy them. It's not something I hate to do, but right. it's just something you got to deal with, too. Right. You know, and then I'm not – I'm not going to be a, you know, a freaking jerk and, you know, have a bad attitude with you and anybody else. Because at the end of the day, you take your time out mm -hmm. of your try to get my story out. So I'm very grateful for everything. Even you guys will come and get the story out. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I think a lot of media will can, uh, can attest that you are a good interview uh, over the years. That's part of the job, right? Sanctioning fees, interviews, all part of being a boxer, all part of doing this, this job. I mean... Get to punch uh, someone in the face at the end of the day. Pretty, pretty damn cool. Let's talk about the juicy stuff. Um, 
uh, let's see. What can we go first? What did you think of Canelo's performance? I'm sure you've been asked this a lot. Um, were you shocked that he lost? Were you shocked at his game plan? Were you shocked at his lack of endurance? Uh, what did you make of that stunning loss to Bivol? I mean, I feel like he, that's what happens when you believe your own hype. I mean, he was – Canelo, don't get me wrong, he's a great champion, but I feel like he just believed himself that he has this one-punch knockout power that he can stop everybody. And don't get me wrong, he's been in there and he's beat champions, but the type of champions he beat, he'd be like the weakest ones at 68, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, to have no power. The guys are known for having no power and they just box around. You know, he's had, he had some great wins against Caleb Plant and Billy Joe Sanders, but those guys, you know, they didn't really look too strong. They looked like they were just trying to survive to the 12th round. And I always said that once you get a strong fighter that's bigger than Canelo, that has as much power as Canelo and actually stands the ground and doesn't just try to make it to the 12th round. Canelo's going to have some issues. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to him. I feel like the first couple of rounds, Bivol was just trying to catch Canelo's timing, you know, see what he did good. And, you know, um, that's when Bivol started to work. You know, I think Canelo, he was just trying to focus too much on throwing that right hook to the arm. You know, yeah, it's reminds it worked against Callum Smith, but tell me somebody else that's worked against, you know, it, right. it, it was weird. It's like, he didn't have a plan B, you know, it's like, I'm going to, he was loading up on shots early, which I thought was nuts. I mean, it was like, this guy's going to gas out because he's not 168. He's not 160, 175 big. So he was throwing heavy shots those first three or four rounds. And when he realized that he wasn't moving b or b was, wasn't getting, they weren't landing on the, on the scoring, sh- uh, uh, parts of, of the body. I was like, okay, let's see what's what plan B is. And there wasn't really a plan B, but, but I know you want to get a fight with him. Do you feel like this loss kind of makes it easier? Do you feel like it kind of like, you know, removed the luster? Did you want to hand Canelo that first loss since 2013? Yeah, definitely. I did want to give Canelo the first loss, but <laughs> I feel like just as of me, you know, like taking everything in, I had my own game plan with Canelo, you know, that I would definitely use. But now he, we've all showed us something like a more holes in Canelo's game plan. Right. And that could against him yeah. so i'm um but hats off to people i know people personally <laughs> i worked with him he's a great fighter and um it's a it's a great moment for him in his country and his people so I'm, I'm very happy for him too are you set on staying at 168 i mean obviously with canelo probably going to come back down you'd probably be smart to stick around i think i said after the fight the biggest winners of this fight are you and guys like jamal charlo and guys uh, that campaign at 168 uh, I know 175 is probably in your future, but is that something you're looking at? Or are you looking to stay at 168 for the next couple of years? No, I'm looking to stay at 168 maybe for three more years. I mean, um, Charlo finally stated that he's going to move up to 68. So <laughs> fight right there. Um, Caleb Plant, Canelo, you know, so yeah, it's a, it's a I mean, it'd be in my now. best, it'd be in my best interest to stay in this, in this weight class. But if I see that there's no movement going on and I can't get in any of these fights then I might as well just go up. Well, so what are you going to go after next? Um, Jamal Charlo says that uh, you get nervous around him, which I thought was kind of interesting. What do you think about that? That guy just talks and talks and talks. I feel like he just says a bunch of nonsense every time he gets a camera put in front of him. Yeah. I mean, one stated that I've been wanting to fight him, and then I'm not the one making excuses saying another man has to get a COVID vaccine or he has to be 25. Or oh, man, I forgot about that. That, that was wild. And, up, and then he ends up fighting – What's that guy? Uh, name, the Polish guy. Oh, he's fighting yeah. Sulecki next, but he fought Montiel. He's got two fights in the last two years. Yeah, we could have. I mean, I could have fought Jamal Charlo for this fight. He's fighting in June or yeah. July. I mean, no problem. The IB, I mean, the WBC would have loved to sanction me versus Jamal Charlo 
for the for the interim title. I don't think there would have been a problem there. But I mean, I, I mean, this is just how these guys are. I mean, they just talk and talk and talk and think everybody's intimidated of them. But no, at the end of the day, nobody's really intimidated of them. So if you I mean, can I, get your wishes, I, if you can get your wishes, your next fight, I'd say six months from now, is against who? Yeah, I would definitely love to get that fight, and hopefully it happens. No, I said, I, I like said, it, who, who would you want if you get your wishes in six months from now? You you would be fighting who? I think the biggest fights would be me and Canelo or me and Jamal. I, honestly, I don't want to get Jamal Charlo first in there. Jamal or Jamal? Or Jamal, whatever. Which the one that went six? <laughs> yeah, it's Jamal. But Jamal is probably moving up to one sixty-two. But he's I I don't know. I he he probably won't ever make it to, to one sixty-eight. But uh, a fight but, between uh, you and Jamal Charlo. Would be epic. It would settle. It would be a huge, huge fight. It would do great business. It would be an awesome fight in the ring. It would settle so much. It, it would, uh, you know, supply us with our uh, the next guy to fight Canelo. I mean, it's a no brainer. That's something I know you've been pushing for. Hopefully, uh, everyone involved can can get that done. Yeah, definitely. It's a big fight, and it uh, like I said, it set. It doesn't only. It's not only a big fight, but it sets up another big fight too. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, like I said. May the best man win, and I'm I'm confident in my skills. That's why I'm calling out all these guys. <laughs> so I mean, I so I I'm, I'm, I know I'd beat Jamal. Uh, I know I, I would beat Charlo. So I mean, it was it's just a good uh business business yeah. move. I'm just ready to give the fans what they want to see. How about uh Plant? I think Plant is uh he hasn't fought in a while, and I know he's looking to get back in there. He said September. I mean, that's a fight that you could look up to, right? Yeah, that's definitely one of the fights I want. He said, but I heard he's going to fight Anthony Burrell. He said he needed a two-no fight. So. Oh, jeez. Yeah, we'll see what happens, man. Um, Like I said, if I was such an easy target and all these guys really believed that they could beat me, they would have beat me already. They would have yeah. got me, beat me already. But it's just a whole bunch of shit. They want to they wanna show people that they're the biggest and baddest. And it's one thing to talk, but it's another thing to prove it. And, you mm -hmm. know, I, I, I'd rather prove it instead of talk. So I'm not, I'm not like these other guys. I hear you, man. All right. Appreciate the time. David Benavidez versus David Lemieux. They got 68 wins between them, 58 by knockouts. This should be an exciting fight, and it's going to lead to even bigger fights uh, for you, Mr. D uh, David Benavidez. Appreciate the time. Uh, best of luck Saturday night, and we'll catch up afterwards. Great. Thank you, brother. All right. Take care. Fun interview. David Benavidez, a guy that doesn't hold anything back. Um, likes doing interviews too. I, I like that about uh, David Benavidez, and he wants Canelo. He wants Jamal Charlo. We know that. Hard to believe he's only twenty five years old. Uh, turned pro when he was like fifteen or sixteen, and you know, have a decade in this game and only be twenty five years old. It's crazy. Uh, but I look forward to watching him fight this weekend. Look forward to what's next for him. But that's the big thing. It's like, when can we get this guy into a big time fight? And I know he wants. Uh, the Canelos of the world, Jamal Charlo's. A Jamal Charlo fight with Benavidez is the fight to make because Canelo's going to be wrapped up, whether it's fighting Golovkin in September, he's talking about fighting in December. I could see Benavidez getting Canelo next May. And uh, so that's going to be probably have to have another fight this year and get ready for that one. But I think Benavidez Canelo would be a special event, and I hope that happens. All right, let's get to my picks. Same day parlay is course brought to you by DraftKings. You're going to be able to see this on the DraftKings app um, on Saturday. Uh, but I'm going with David Benavidez to win in rounds 7 through 12. And you get some good value on that. It's plus 230. You know, if you listen to this interview just now, David told me himself, he told you listening, that he's not a one-punch knockout guy. He's a guy that will systematically break you down. And he also said 
that David Lemieux, the last thing to go on a, on a fighter, like an aging fighter, is power. So he's going to be a little cautious early on. We've seen this from Benavidez. He kind of warms up. And then in the 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth round, he'll break you down. I expect that to happen in this one. So Benavidez to win in rounds 7 through 12. That's for plus 230. That's the first leg of this parlay. Second leg, this one gets a little, a little riskier. It's Joshua uh, Buatzi by decision. You get that also for 230. I'm basing this off of what I saw from Craig Richards when he went the distance with Bivol. I understand Buatzi hits harder uh, than Bivol, but I think Richards is a pro's pro. He's a vet. He'll be able to go the distance, and you can get that for plus 230. That's Bawatsi by decision. Then lastly, Janabek, our guy from Kazakhstan. I got him winning in round 7 through 12. You can get that for plus 165. So all plus money here on all these bets. I think Janabek will find Diggum late. Diggum's going to move. I told you he's, he's a jab-first guy. He's a guy that goes in there and shifts around. Janabek is coming off of five straight KOs, going to make it six straight, and he's going to do it in the second half of the fight. So there it is, my th- same-day parlay. Benavidez to win in rounds 7 through 12. Joshua Buatzi by decision. Janabek to win in rounds 7 through 12. That is a wrap for this edition of Inside Boxing Live. I have to thank my man BBD for sitting in here and listening to what was probably a foreign language to him. BBD, can we bring you in right now? Can we bring Mr. BBD in right now? I'm here. BBD is here. BBD, what did you think? Well, first of all, if you are familiar with John By Media, you know who BBD is. He is the heart and soul of the operation, talking Yanks, talking baseball. Now he's a boxing guy. What? I know you had your fight draft, too. You did great on that. What did you make of this whole episode? That's high praise. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm all in on this other David. We're best friends now. Which one? David Lemieux or Benavides? Benavides. Benavides is yeah. the one Our that guest. was on this episode. He was on this episode. You're right. I'm in on him. What do you think of the current landscape of boxing? Let me ask you a question. Like, who, who's the heavyweight champion of the world? Man, <laughs> you're asking tough questions for some people. Because I'm getting, like, I'm converting a lot of people here at John Boy to, to boxing. Having Ryan Garcia come through the office. Yeah, he was he was nice. He was awesome. And a lot of the uh of our coworkers here knew him just from like TikTok and, and Yeah, he's got like a big following and, and huge. it seems to be transcending just the boxing world a little yeah. bit. Got that commercial with Dame. Oh yeah. The, the Gatorade commercial. We brought Scott Nicholson through. She's not at the same level as Ryan Garcia, but she's a star in her own right from Australia. But and she was cool. She was cool. So we're getting like slowly but surely. Getting more uh, people here at John Boy into into boxing, but yeah, I've I've always been like it's one of those things, sort of like like deep cut like history stuff. Like I love hearing people who do know about it talk about it, and it's like you I, must have enjoyed like, this moment know. though. Yeah, <laughs> you must have enjoyed these last thirty minutes because I, I just <laughs> gave you a run. That also, you know what happened on this? I wanted to get to this. This what happened this week twenty years ago. One of my favorite fights of all time, Gotti Ward. Mm, is the that Genesis. the one you drafted? I, I believe I drafted it. Or Hagler Hearns, I might have drafted it. But Gotti uh, Ward is regarded as one of the best fights of all time. Round nine <laughs> is regarded as one of the best rounds of all time. 20 years ago, you know, my dad was there, and my dad used to take me to fights all the time, like all of our brothers, especially fights like that that were at um, Mohegan Sun. So it was like a drive to Connecticut. And, Dan, you want to come this weekend? It's uh, Gotti versus Ward. No, Dad, I'm going to stay back. I'm going to go to um, 
Melanie Stafford's Sweet 16. <laughs> and I missed the fight of the century. It's tough. Good party, at least. Good party, yeah. You know, I got my grind on, and we had fun. But looking back on it 20 years, which I can't believe it's been 20 years, it's completely nuts that I missed that fight. <laughs> and But I had fun. Things you do when you're a teenager. I can't believe it's been 20 years since Scotty Ward. Uh, that's crazy. I can't believe that you are here with me, BBD. It's was that, like, going into that decision, like, was it known that it was going to be, like, a highly anticipated yes. fight? Okay. You know why? Because like you knew you were making a decision. Like, both guys weren't, like, top of their game. They weren't pound-for-pound pound guys. They weren't guys that were going to be contending for titles. They were two guys that were made perfect for each other. That didn't take a step backward, only took a step forward. Great chin, great heart, power. Like so, we knew going in that it was going to be like a. This has the potential to be a like a good fight, a good TV fight. It wasn't even twelve rounds, but ten round fight. And then it ended up being like the. It's going to you know stand the test of time. Be like one of the best fights of all time. Wow, there it is. Twenty years ago this week, Gotti versus Ward. Hopefully, we get some more of those in the boxing world. It's been a great year for boxing. Been a great week. It's been a great show. BBD, thanks a lot for being with me. We'll catch you on Monday when we break everything down. Got a fun interview lining up with Boots Ennis, and then uh, start previewing some big fights. Going to try to be at uh, the Roly versus Tank press conference. Going to do the podcast from there in Brooklyn next Thursday. Talking to some people over at Showtime. So a lot coming your way. Remember to gamble on these fights and do it smart, wisely. Don't bet over your head. Bet with your head. All right, friends. See you next week.